Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Tanisha. And if you're a fan of Wine School Dropout, there's another podcast we think you'll love. Pretend. Pretend is a documentary-style podcast about real people pretending to be someone else. Javier interviews real con artists, snake oil salesmen, and former cult members. Anyone living a lie. Notable interviews and episodes include an identity thief who confesses to stealing thousands of identities, a former FBI undercover agent who describes how he embedded himself into a drug lord's inner circle, and the testimony of a snake oil salesman who encourages people to drink a bleach-type substance to cure everything from depression to cancer. Search for Pretend wherever you get your podcasts. This is Wine School Dropout, Study Abroad, Southern Italy. I'm Tanisha Townsend, your host. This season, we're going abroad to Italy, Southern Italy to be precise. Think of this season as a semester abroad, Puglia, Italy. We will introduce you to the grapes, producers, foods, sights, and sounds of this region. We're taking you right there with us, introduce you to some wines and wineries, and present this region. Welcome to season three of Wine School Dropout, Semester Abroad, Puglia, Italy. This week, let's talk the grapes, Italian grapes. One of the first things I learned when I started my wine studies was that wine was broken down into two categories, Old World and New World. Old World being France and Italy, New World being everywhere else. France and Italy mainly speak about their wines by region and not necessarily by grapes. So difficult. And especially Italy for me, because those were a lot of grapes I had never heard of before. A lot of Italian grapes are native to Italy. So to learn Italian wine is to learn a new set of regions and grapes to go along with it. You still with me? Good. Of course I love Italian food. So when offered a chance to visit the Southern Italian region of Puglia to visit wineries, taste Italian wines, and judge a Southern Italian wine competition, I said yes. So off to Bari, Italy, I flew for Hadiki del Sud, an annual wine competition and tasting event to highlight the wines of this region. This was a grand opportunity to taste Primitivo, the grape I did know, and learn more about new to me grapes like Nero de Troia and Bambino Bianco. I also was able to speak directly with producers from these regions and meet other wine professionals from around Europe. So let's jump in. 
Well, I know you love the sound of my voice. That's why you listen, right? I'm right here with the producers in Italy, so let's let them give you a few characteristics of their main grapes and why they're special. You hear about Fiano and Bombino Bianco, white grapes, then Nero de Troia, Negro Amaro, and Bombino Nero, the red grapes. The particularity of Fiano of this area is uh, ever the um, difference between the night and day of temperature and so give freshness and deepness to the glass. The Fiano, Fiano in general is a wine uh, with uh, a lot of texture, a lot of complexity, a lot of uh, parfum, aroma. So this type of wine have a passage with um, barrique, with wood. And so this type of passage gives to this type of, uh, of glass a lot of complexity of uh, texture. So a lot of aromaticity in the, for the nose. And uh, in the mouth is long and is deep. Uh, this, this is the type, the typicity of uh, uh, Fiano, that in this type of uh, climate, soil, uh, have this uh, right balance between um, fat with the aroma aromaticity and the freshness and the sapidity, because this type of soil have a lot of calcareous, and so this calcareous you can uh, find in the glass. So sapidity, minerality, acidity, freshness, and uh, complexity uh, for, the, for the glass. I am Giancarlo Ceci. Uh, we are in uh, Puglia, in Andria, is near uh, Castel del Monte, in the farm. Now we are uh, starting testing of Nero di Troia. This kind of grape typical of the area, this is uh, near Castel del Monte, in center of Puglia is a very, very old grape. Uh, is a, a grape discovered about 20 years ago as 100% uh, wine from Nero di Troia. Because in the past, uh, in Puglia, was very poor number of the seller that make wine in bottle. And then uh, in the last 20 years, increase uh, more and more the Nero di Troia 100% in Puglia and the characteristic of this uh, wine is uh, the elegance, uh, is uh, not so dark, not so body, uh, but uh, very much uh, elegance, very much strong color, even if it's not so dark. Strong because a very long life color. After 20 years in the bottle, still have view red color. And uh, as well, the tannins is uh, very um, important and uh, not easy to, to make uh, soft testing tannins. In fact, need so much time in refining in the bottles. This is the reason why now we are selling this vintage 2015 in the best crew that we have on Nero di Troia, that is a part of our terroir, our land is, uh, is uh, from my father dedicated. Uh, uh, my father died in 2006, I started in 2007 to produce this uh, kind of, uh, of wine. Giuseppe Coppola ha il piacere di rappresentare la diciottesima generazione della famiglia Coppola che si occupa di... This is Giuseppe Coppola, owner of Cantina Coppola. 
He's the 18th generation of the Coppola family to own the winery estate for wine and food tourism and experience. Amaro è il vitigno principale del nostro territorio, un vitigno versatile. Abbiamo sperimentato, siamo stati The main grape of the territory, Negro Amaro, is a very versatile grape. Coppola is known for experimenting with different versions of Negro Amaro, from sparkling to white to rosé, red and passito. They're the only winery that has been doing experiments of this kind with the style, colors and taste. Tutte prodotte da Negro Amaro. I then asked Giuseppe what surprised him the most about his new projects, and he responded that he was most surprised by the sparkling wine made using the Champenoise method, and by vinifying the grapes as white, this has been satisfactory for them. He's very proud to be a custodian of Negro Amaro and this estate, and proud to have direct contact with guests and clients, and he wants to develop this more in the future. So the main characteristics of Bombino Bianco, uh, of this kind of grape variety, is the freshness, the acidity. So it's really important according to our philosophy and our making uh, process, uh, is to get the right balance between sugar, acidity and aromas. So you have to get the right moment of picking up the grapes. Uh, because day by day, as time goes by, you lose acidity and you get more body and more sugar for the wines. So uh, sometimes um, it's, uh, we argue <laughs> when picking up the grapes uh, because we want to get uh, the acidity. And in some years uh, we have chosen to get uh, um, the, to pick up the grapes uh, at the right moment of acidity rather than the sugar, although we would have known that uh, we would have less body in the wines. This is, uh, this is the reason why we want to get focus on acidity. You will drink only rosé, the Bombino Nero only in rosé. The reason why you will never drink it in red version. Mm. Uh, because uh, this uh, grape variety has a really poor content in antochans uh, and so it's re it would be a poor color in red. This is the reason why you can drink it only in uh, rosé version. You may already be familiar with the Primitivo grape, as they say it is the same as the Zinfandel grape. Here is Moreno Palmarota of Vinacopi telling us what's so particular about this region, the winery, and grapes. I also got a question about aging. Thought I'd share his answer on that too. What's so particular about the DOC Gioreda Colle, especially if compared to the Primitivo di Manduria? Firstly, we are on the hills average 350 meters above sea level. Great thermic excursion. Between day and night, you, have, you can have some days, I mean, 10 degrees at, at night and 30 degrees during the day. This helps build up uh, great acidity in our wines. So they would not be as bold, as uh, jammy, as uh, Primitivo di Manduria, as alcoholic. They will have a medium body, 
medium body, but a greater acidity. Uh, about the aging potential, because a lot of people ask me about aging wine and which wines can age. Is there um, a potential for aging Primitivo? Can you speak a little bit to that? Absolutely. Uh, I'll give you an example first. Um, our Vanitoso, which is a Primitivo Reserva, which is made in our winery only in very special years. It's a DOP Gioia d'Alcole Primitivo. We just finished uh, our 2001 Reserva. And trust me, apart from the color in which you could see a bit of orange on the sides of the glass, which clearly told us that uh, it was an aged wine, when trying it, it was so fresh. The acidity was so clear, you could barely tell it was a 20-year-old wine. Why is this? I mean, in order to, for an, a wine to age, there are some aspects that need to be taken into account. First is alcohol. Primitivo, you know, it's a, can give very alcoholic wines, but we're not Primitivo di Manduri. In the DOC Gioia del Colle, I mean, I will speak for my, our winery. The most alcoholic you will get for a Primitivo in our portfolio is 14 degrees, which still is pretty high. Alcohol helps aging. Second thing, acidity. As I was telling you before, the great thermic excursion we get gives good acidity to our wines. Acidity gives a chance for wines to age. And lastly, tannins. Primitivo and also Negramaro have beautiful tannins. Negramaro's tannins are more harsh, but always pretty round, pretty velvety, but there are tannins, you can taste them. Tannins are another thing that helps with aging. So there's lots of potential for aging and our Vanitoso Primitivo Reserva I mentioned at the beginning is a clear example of it. Now we have the 2016 vintage and I'm pretty sure you can taste it at least in 2036, 20 years from now, it will still have the same acidity and uh, you can barely tell it's a 20, 20 year old wine. Mariana of Pietro Ventosa also grows Primitivo. And since it's in a different part of the region with a different climate, of course it tastes different. Here, she tells us more about the different expressions in terroir. You can find different kind of uh, expression of Primitivo going to the different uh, wineries. Uh, this because the territory is uh, a little bit different uh, from which to the other. For example, in Turi, they can have uh, more uh, sugar concentration due to the fact that uh, they are uh, a little bit more close to the sea, 20 kilometers. We are in the heart of Puglia. We are uh, in um, a 40 kilometer far from the sea, both the sea, Adriatic and Ionian Sea. And our kind of uh, climate is different. We have a little bit more excursion. So uh, we don't have a, a sugar concentration uh, very, very high. And for this reason, we don't have wine with high uh, degree of alcohol. But we have acidity, a lot of acidity that uh, uh, help us to have wine that uh, are uh, a little bit different from the other. The territory is very important. I think that people have to taste all different kind of Primitivo produced in our area in order to have their 
own uh, particular emotion drinking the wine. Someone could uh, prefer uh, coffee style uh, to make wine or someone uh, prefer my style. I don't say that uh, my wine or coffee wine is better than the other. I say only that uh, uh, the territory change. We have different expression of primitivo uh, due to the different kind of uh, terroir that we have that uh, change a little bit, but Primitivo is a grape that uh, very quickly change uh, its characteristics. For example, also in Manduria territory, uh, we have uh, another kind of Primitivo. The mother is the same, but uh, according to the different kind of territory, we have uh, different kind of Primitivo, and each winery has its own um, personality. We are exactly in between most different uh, areas located for Primitivo, for example, with the Gioia del Col area, and also with Castel del Monte, that is the land of uh, Nero di Troia. And at the same time, on our back, we have the um, Aglianico del Vulture area. We are just uh, four miles from uh, the border with Basilicata and only 30 minutes uh, by car from the Vulture volcano. It's a border area, and thanks God, all we find in our area, many of uh, the most important indigenous grapes uh, that we have in Puglia, obviously Primitivo, uh, we have uh, recovered in those 30 years old vines of Aglianico, Primitivo, and Nero di Troia. And the experiment with Nero di Troia is truly, truly successful. Even the clone that we have recovered and then the wine that we made with this clone is absolutely unique. It has uh, a fantastic uh, natural lively tannins. We do not use any oak with uh, our Nero di Troia. It has also a great, great uh, potential uh, uh, of aging because uh, despite we do not use any oak, uh, just uh, a couple of months ago, we had a vertical tasting with all the vintages of Nero di Troia that we have produced since 2004, and the wine is still uh, growing and fantastic in that. I think that uh, what is missing in Puglia about Nero di Troia is a serious clonal selection, because if we match the right clone of Nero di Troia, in my opinion, Neroditroia is the next big thing from Puglia because it is an absolutely wonderful, unique, and versatile red wine. That last voice was Beniamino D'Agostino of Botramagno Winery, speaking about not using any oak in his wines, but some people absolutely use oak to enhance and deepen the flavors and complexity of the wines. Here's Marino, then Mariana again, speaking about the type of oak used and what flavors are imported to the final product? Huge barrels, huge barrels, Slavonian oak that will give uh, interesting hints, uh, tertiary notes to the Primitivo. Six months for our Don Antonio, 12 months uh, for our Senatore, and 12 months for our Vanitoso Riserva. And the, the Vanitoso Riserva will, let, will get an, an extra six months aging in 234 liters French oak uh, barrels. But the, the analogist style in uh, our winery is giving very, very little taste of wood to our wines. 
at keeping the original flavor of the grape as much as possible. So right. even if our wines, some of our primitivos will age in wood, you will get a very slight, very slight hints of wood in the flavor and in the nose. You will taste it, you will smell it, but it's just a hint. We use bottles, French bottles of 300 liters, uh, not um, smaller because uh, we uh, find uh, in this uh, particular capacity the best uh, expression of our uh, wines. Um, we use, uh, use them for the Reserva in uh, 18 months in the first passage for Osimoro, that is a blend of Primitivo and Aglianico in the second passage for 12 months uh, and for Volere Volare for 12 months, but uh, barrels uh, of 300 liters, two of third, fourth, uh, fifth passage. After bottling, we wait almost two years for Reserva, one year for Simoro, and six months for, uh, for Volere Volare bef before start selling, uh, because also we, we don't like, uh, as Marino said, the taste of wood inside uh, our wine. Uh, as uh, I say every time, we don't sell uh, furniture. <laughs> we sell <laughs> Now, how is that for a background in some of the grapes and styles of wine in Puglia? We've talked about white wines, red wines, use of oak. So of course, we have to give a little love to rosés. They've grown in popularity and sales the past year all over the world. But the Italian style from Puglia isn't quite like what you're used to seeing all over the store shelves in the summer. Let's hear from our winemakers again about how they may or may not compare to the typical style and color of rosé. In my opinion, uh, rosé is probably the most difficult wine to do, especially in south of Italy, because we have grapes that immediately release the color to the juice. And also, I have to say, in the past, uh, this wasn't a real problem, because we have the opportunity to sell our uh, Apulian and Southern Italian rosé, I don't say easily, but more easily than now, all over the world, not caring about uh, the color. Now the market is completely changed. The request is 90% on, uh, you know, the typical Provencal Rosé. And uh, the Apulian producer have to be reinvent their uh, Rosé style. And the challenge was to balance between the color uh, that the market is searching and the structure uh, and the personality of the wines. Keep continuing in maintaining the style of Apollon Rosé. I think that after many years of uh, trying and improving, most of the Apollon wineries have found uh, the, the right balance. Always I talk about, uh, for example, my personal experience in the United States. Uh, I have started doing uh, the Rosé de Lulu, you know, the Rosato dedicated to my daughter. Her name is Lulu. is 100% uh, Nero di Troia. And at the beginning uh, was uh, 14 degrees in alcohol rosé, uh, very dark in color. It's more similar to a Pinot Noir than a rosé. 
and it was very, very, very difficult. A lot of people that taste it, likes it, but was very, very difficult to sell. You think that in that time uh, I sell about uh, something like 100 cases of six uh, in uh, all U.S. market. Actually, we have uh, the same structure in the wine, but we have changed the color going in more pale style, and we sell something like 2,006 pack cases a year in the United States. I believe that the wineries have to keep their style, but uh, sometimes uh, you have to follow what the market uh, uh, asks to you. The interesting trend that, has, that is happening now with the Rosé world, the, the preference towards a more Provence-style color of Rosé, what copy winery has done for adapt to this market trend? Because as Benjamino said, I mean, every winery must have its identity, but if you don't somehow adapt to the to market trends, I mean, it, it can be difficult. So we've always had in our portfolio a Negramaro Rosé, but this year for the very first time, we've made a new wine, an addition to our portfolio, a new Rosé from Primitivo, and uh, through a, a shorter maceration, we got to a more Provence-style color, Rosé, just to meet uh, the market's uh, requests, needs. I understand that uh, sometimes markets ask uh, for product uh, in a particular kind. Personally, I don't follow the market request. I make wines uh, in my style with the, the color for Rosé, that comes from, uh, I don't adjust the, the color. The rosé has this color and I propose to the market this uh, rosé. If the market wants, okay, I'm happy. But uh, I think that uh, we have not to uh, lose our identity, uh, making something that uh, is not in our region uh, typical. Because uh, it's important for us uh, to preserve our identity. I prefer to maintain my identity with uh, a rosé in this color, and I prefer to make educational to people to let them understand that the color is not important. The color is one of the things that uh, made uh, a wine is not so important. The important is that uh, it is good, it's nice, it has a, a very nice uh, taste, not uh, something that you don't like. We've heard about the grapes, the growing conditions, aging, and oak. Now you know that when you see a Primitivo from Puglia, where it comes from and what goes into it, you will also want to look for Nero Detroit or request it at your local wine shop. And perhaps you'll even consider taking a trip to Puglia to visit some of these places for yourself to help you out even more because this is what I do for you. Here are wine recommendations from everyone you heard in this episode. Vinicopi, try their Senatore. It's 100% Primitivo with hints of cherry with good acidity and just a bit of pepper on the palate. From Pietra Ventosa, their Valere Valare, also Primitivo. Soft, well-structured, with aromas of spice and red fruits. And from Botramano, their Lulu Rosé, named after Benjamino's daughter. Bright, 
and light pink in color. This wine is complex yet fruity with nuances of like a cherry liqueur and mulberries. That was your crash course of some of the grapes and wines of the southern region of Puglia. In the next few episodes, we're going to highlight a few people that I had the pleasure of meeting and talking to about their projects around wine. I really think you'll enjoy it. A huge thank you to the contributors of this episode, Vinny Giancarlo Sessi, Vinny Coppola, Marino Palmeroda of Vinny Copi, Mariana from Pietro Ventosa Winery, and Beniamino of Batramano Vignetti. And of course, everyone at Radicchio del Sud that made this possible. Follow the wineries on social media, and if you're ever in the region, definitely pay them a visit. Be sure to tell them you heard about them on Wine School Dropout Podcast. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Thank you for listening to this study abroad episode of Wines Will Drop Out. This episode was produced by Studio Ochenta and hosted by me, Tanisha Townsend. Our executive producer is Lori Martinez. Our sound editor is Louise Raul Lopez Levi. Our theme was done by Gabrielle Dalmaso. Music is by Makai Beats. Our art is by Tiffany DeLune. Follow us at Wine School Dropout on Instagram. If you like the show, you should tell a friend about it and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. Sit back, relax, and have a glass. Hi, it's Tanisha again. I want to tell you about a podcast called The History of Literature. It's a show that covers everything from the life and works of literary giants like Dickens and Tolstoy to a series on the forgotten women of literature to lighthearted topics like Friend Mary Kill, Shakespeare edition, and the top 10 books you don't need to read. Each week, host Jack Wilson and his guests explore the most unusual, compelling, and inspiring stories from the world of literature. Always eager and never pretentious, Jack tackles every book as if it could change his life. And more often than not, it does just that. The History of Literature is brought to you by The Podglomerate. New episodes run every Monday and Thursday, And you can listen today by subscribing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this show.